This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. How can you make the passwords you use online more secure but easier to remember? We'll talk to a computer science expert for the surprising answer. We wanted to take a look at how much more secure each of these guidelines actually makes your password, looking for the best combination of security for less pain that we could come up with. Then, a former FBI kidnapping negotiator shares little-known tips and tactics you can use every day to get better deals. All your negotiations in tiny little ways. Actually, your life does depend upon it. The two-millimeter shifts that you can make that over an extended period of time is going to have a massive impact on your life. Those two stories and much more are coming your way on this week's edition of InfoTrack. Stay with us. The show begins right after this. InfoTrack. The weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Staying safe online means using good, strong passwords, but keeping track of them and remembering them can be a challenge. Now, research at Carnegie Mellon University points to a better approach. Joining us is Michelle Mazurek, one of Carnegie Mellon's researchers who is now at the University of Maryland College Park. Professor, tell us about the new idea that you got in this research. Sure. We've been working on this thread of research for several years now. For a long time, there were lots of rules that people had for how to make stronger passwords, but they hadn't really been validated. We just sort of had this intuitive idea that, you know, oh, you should add more symbols and more capital letters, and that should make your passwords more secure. And so what we wanted to do was take a look at how much more secure each of these guidelines actually makes your passwords and sort of compare that to how painful dealing with those passwords is, looking for the best combination of security for less pain that we could come up with. Yeah, the way they want you to do passwords now, it's very difficult to remember them, and so I think people end up writing them down, and that kind of defeats the purpose. Security experts have been telling people for a long time that writing passwords down is, you know, the worst thing that you can do, and we don't think that's really completely true. Certainly, you know, writing down passwords in a sort of ill-advised way, you know, putting them on the traditional sticky note on your computer monitor is maybe not a great idea, but if you write them down and keep them in a locked drawer, keep them in your wallet, keep them in perhaps an encrypted file on your hard drive, you know, if your passwords disappear from a locked drawer in your home office, then you might have larger problems than just trying to keep track of your password, right? (laughs) Yeah, good point. So in your research, you tested all these different scenarios, and what did you find? We tried a lot of different combinations, and we found out that sort of as a general rule, people dislike having to create and deal with and remember longer passwords, so they dislike the longer ones less than ones that have more numbers and digits and symbols and capital letters and things like that. That being said, you have to kind of keep in mind the security trade-off of these things, right? The most usable password would be, you know, the letter A or something, but that wouldn't be very secure, right? So it turns out that if you give people, for example, something like, oh, just make your password 16 characters long with no other requirements, for a lot of people that works really well. They can come up with something pretty memorable and that's pretty hard to guess, but some number of people will find the loophole in that situation and just maybe hit the digit one 16 times in a row or write baseball, baseball, or something like that, which is actually very easy to guess. 
So what you're looking for is a balance of more length than complexity, perhaps, but you still have to keep in mind that just because it's long doesn't magically make it better. So you can, in effect, come up with a passphrase that is maybe a sentence that makes sense to you, and that would work in most cases? That can often be a good idea. I think the key is that it shouldn't be a super predictable sentence. So if you think about it, the attacker's job is to try to come up with what are the most likely things that you might have used for your password and try guessing them. So, for example, we know that the word princess and the word monkey appear disproportionately frequently in passwords. So you don't want to use that necessarily. And the same thing goes with sentences or phrases. You know, coming up with a good, unusual sentence or phrase can be a good idea. A line from a song lyric is probably not a great idea because the attacker could maybe just download a database of popular song lyrics, right? So it's not a very hard-to-guess password or, you know, a catchphrase from a movie or a TV show that is also very popular or a sentence that you see in a meme a lot or something is probably not a great idea. But unusual sentence can be a good strategy. We're talking on InfoTrack with Professor Michelle Mazurek of University of Maryland College Park, and we're talking about research into passwords and how to make them stronger, more effective, and maybe easier to use. What if a site says you must use a capital letter, a number, a symbol, and it gives you all these rules. Mm-hmm. How do you come up with something easy to remember in that instance? So in that instance, I guess one important thing to remember is not to do what everyone does, which is to put the capital letter at the beginning and the symbol at the end and most likely an exclamation point because everyone does it, so it's buying you almost nothing if you do that as well. And if you want to come up with something that's sort of easy to remember, one strategy you can use is to try to put the number, the capital letter, somewhere in the middle of your password rather than at the beginning or the end, or to try to think about using maybe one of these sentences but then replacing one of the words with a number in a way that is unexpected or something like that. You mentioned princess and monkey as being very popular words to use in a password. Is there a formula somebody can use to come up with a really good password? I don't know that there's a formula. The best password is one that's really random. So in that sense, you know, if you use a password manager that comes up with a really random password for you, that can come up with better passwords than anything you're going to think of by yourself. People are just not super good at behaving randomly. When you try to behave randomly, it turns out that lots of other people sort of think the same way that you do. Of course, password managers have their own potential issues as well, so it's not a panacea to the problem. Is it a good practice for a website Once you put in your password, then it asks you for something else, like a word or your father's middle name or something. Is that particularly helpful, or or doesn't that make any difference? Those are usually used to help you reset your password if you lose it. They're okay. They're frequently pretty easy to guess from someone who knows you or even someone who doesn't know you could figure out what were the most popular men's names from 50 or 60 years ago or something and start guessing what people's fathers' names were. So they're not particularly strong security-wise. In fact, sometimes these password reset mechanisms are actually abused to get into accounts people couldn't get into otherwise, unfortunately. People sometimes have strategies for these where instead of giving real answers, they give a fake answer and then write down somewhere what answer they gave. Then you have to keep track of it, so that's a giant pain as well. In terms of the future, do you see a point where we all move beyond passwords to some new form of secure technology? Uh, I think it's going to be a while. I'm not going to say it's never going to happen, but 
we're still a pretty long way away. There's a lot of hope that biometrics, which is this idea that we're going to recognize you by, you know, your fingerprint or your eye print or the way that you walk or the sound of your voice is the way of the future here. And certainly, you know, we're seeing some of that become adopted, like fingerprints on iPhones. I think the problem is that, first of all, most of this technology is really still not quite to the point where it's good enough for all of the things that you need to care about on a regular basis. You know, it's good enough for unlocking your iPhone, but it's maybe not good enough for protecting, you know, financial institutions or things like that. And the other problem that we have is it's really hard to change your biometrics, right? If somebody finds out my password, I can make a new password. If somebody finds a copy of my fingerprint, I can't really get a new fingerprint. So nobody that I'm aware of has really solved that problem yet. So I think biometrics can be great in combination with something else as an additional factor of strength. But I think we're still pretty far from being able to use them all by themselves and get rid of passwords entirely. Well, as we wrap this up, and there's been a lot of great information you've shared with us here, if you could give one piece of advice to our listeners, something they should do as soon as we're finished talking here today, they should do, what would that be? I would suggest turning on two-factor authentication for any of your accounts that have it. As with everything else, this is not a perfect solution, but it does significantly reduce the space of problems that you can have. This is a thing where you log into your account, and if you're using a new computer for the first time, it'll send you maybe a text message with a five-digit code. You may have seen this on some accounts that you have. These can be really helpful because it just makes it that much harder for an attacker to be able to get into your account, and it's really not a whole lot of extra work for you. Again, it's not perfect, but I strongly recommend it. Professor Michelle Mazurik, one of the researchers into this whole study of passwords at Carnegie Mellon, and she is now with the University of Maryland College Park. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks a lot for having me. Next, how to negotiate as if your life depends on it. That story, coming up. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this. 